The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. It's time to face the music. It's your day in court with a people's lawyer, Bruce Hagan, and attorney Ray Judice. Your day in court with the best lawyers in the state of Georgia, if not in the country, Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. My name is Tug Cowarts, and I uh, want to always introduce you to these guys and make sure you know how to reach them in case you find yourself in need of legal advice. Bruce, how do they get you, bud? Great to be here this morning. It's easy to find me. Um... It's Bruce at Hagen-Law.com, H-A-G-E-N. Hagen-Law.com is the website. You can get a lot of information there on what to do if you're in a personal injury case. We have links to recent um, media appearances, uh, recent successful verdicts and settlements that we've had. We had a big one that's going to be in the Fulton Daily Report here coming up. You can also call me on my cell phone, 404-202-2233. Call me anytime. Right. Hey, and uh, long holiday weekend here. Everybody be careful. There will be roadblocks, safety checks, both on our highways and our waterways. You know, we've talked about BUIs, boating under the influence. This is a big lake weekend, so everybody be careful. Use your flotation devices because that's generally the probable cause for the stop of the boat that mm-hmm. somebody didn't have their flotation device. Oh, and somebody's been drinking, so let's not do that. It's breaking like the, the seatbelt. Think of it as a seatbelt or having the, hand, the phone in your hand and then it turns out you've had a couple of beers. Exactly, and if you can't swim, just wear a life jacket. Makes you know perfect I mean? sense. It really does make sense. I would think you would want to. You know, if you know that you're not a swimmer just throw it on and wear it please yeah Yeah. you know swimming in a lake is much harder than swimming in a pool a pool has a bottom that and people can see you in the pool and sides and sides and a shallow end yeah yeah, there's not turtles that snap at i mean i'm a city boy i don't want to get in that water it just makes sense to do but to to get any of those things happen 404-964-4185 i'm not going out of town i'm staying right here me either we're here in town (laughs) as well so we're recording a little bit early this week because it is a a holiday so we don't really know what's happened with r&b singer R. Kelly. He's uh, supposed to be sentenced literally today as we record this. So we'll come back and we're going to speculate a little bit. I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but we're going to speculate as to what we think will happen with R. Kelly, who was found guilty in September of sex trafficking charges who uh, where prosecutors are asking for a 25-year sentence behind bars and the defense is arguing for uh, 10 years or less. Uh, they think that is enough. Uh, he's got another trial in Chicago that's coming up for child pornography and obstruction of justice charges so to get that out there we don't know what's going to happen but uh, by this weekend we will when we come back uh, on the next show we'll compare what we think happened here with what actually happened so let's start with you Bruce. i will throw these predictions in the vault that's right and, uh, yeah. seal it and, and be ready to unopen it next week and see if, uh, how we were so uh, hermetically sealed hellman's that's, mayonnaise that's, jar that's, on the exactly. backboard so karnak yeah. give us your predictions there you go i know ray has spoken before about the many factors that go into a federal sentencing and uh, just exactly how well um researched it is how how detailed they go into a person's background risk factors uh, aggravating factors uh, about the, this particular incident they're involved with and that they were convicted of as well as other aggravating factors in their life and um he ray can go into some more details on that um there's a lot to unravel here and 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 
all of these various allegations and and the just seeming complete disregard for any of the uh, laws of society applying to this narcissistic musician who felt like he could do anything to anybody at any time, uh, and the multiple examples that were brought out at trial, um, he's going to get a heavy sentence. And yes, the prosecutor is pushing for something that's no less than 25 years. He also faces, obviously, state court charges. His lawyer is continuing to you know, try to get something that's in the single digits for years here. I'm, I'm going to make my prediction that you're looking at a 20-year sentence, mm-hmm. which coincidentally is exactly the sentence that Ghislaine Maxwell just had this week, and uh, we can talk a little bit about what went into that. Yeah, but, no but I think he's looking at a 20-year sentence and then um, is going to face separate trial in Chicago, as you mentioned, for violations of Illinois state law. Um, he's likely to serve this federal sentence in a jail in Illinois to be closer to um, the trial court in Chicago when he comes up for um, those charges here pretty soon. So what Mr. Kelly's lawyers have to do now is absolutely one of the hardest things for a criminal defense lawyer to do. So let's start with they have their position has been not guilty from day one. Not guilty. We deny it. We want a trial. And that's still their position. And yet now they have to switch gears and argue for the most lenient sentencing without retrying the case. The judge does not want to hear that he wasn't guilty. The jury has found him guilty. The judge doesn't want to hear that there are errors in the law. If that's the case, counsel, take it up to the Court of Appeals. Today is for sentencing. The prosecution, as Bruce points out, will enter its evidence of what he did wrong, how awful he is, how much he needs to be punished, both to punish him for his behavior and to deter others, you know, and to protect society and these young adults that he preyed upon. And again, that's the prosecution's position. Now the defense counsel has to come forward and say, well, judge, he's really not that bad a guy, okay? He, he's a flawed human being. We all have our, our bad habits or, you know, mistakes that we've made in judgment. Uh, look at all the good things he's done. He wrote a check for $100,000 to this charity. He performed here. He's helped folks in the hospital. He takes care of his parents. All the wonderful things, and they may even go back about his childhood uh, more and more You've got to go back as counsel in these type of cases, and, and, and I'm not comparing it apples to apples, but in a death penalty case, you literally go back to childhood. Uh, was there an IQ test in the fifth grade that showed, you know, substandard IQ ratings? Was there a concussion from playing football that may have affected the frontal lobe and decision making? You're looking at medical issues. You're looking at behavioral issues that have manifested themselves as an adult. I mean, that's that's the process. Now, I know how this is falling on the ears of our listeners that are oh, you, you know, criminal defense guys will do anything you can. It's our job. Mm-hmm. And everybody who's listening would ask us to do the same if they hired us for a loved one or, a, sure. you know, a family member Absolutely. to defend them, because those things are actually important. They do affect behavior. That's not an excuse. It's a reason. And sometimes a reason can be what's called mitigating. Uh, as Bruce points out, the probation department, he's not on probation yet, but they handle these pre-sentence investigations, do a fantastic job. They are sort of the judge's, you know, truther. They're in the middle. They're, they're not, they don't have a side. They don't have an angle. They want to be responsible to the court. Uh, they usually do a great job. I'm sure his counsel has been well compensated. But we're looking at a man, I didn't realize he's 55 years of age. He's already been in prison for a couple of years. And those of you who think that any prison in this country, aside from the Martha Stewart prison, is a country club, are wrong. 
a day in prison is like a month out of your life, maybe more, for all the things that go wrong, your dental care, your eyes, your your medications that you're supposed to get that you don't get or you don't get the ones you're in the right dosages. When you're 55 and I'm about to be 64, your medical care makes a difference to your life. Well, all right, so we need Ray's prediction here. Yep. I'm not far off from you. I think I think he might get 20 to 25, maybe a little more. If I'm the judge, you know, and I've heard this stuff and I and the jury has rendered its verdict, I'm appalled. I'm appalled. And this went on for a long, long time. This was, and again, I'm not justifying one incident or two incidences. This was a scheme. This was a right. plan. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's so many people that have been affected, young women uh, that are in very vulnerable age bracket, like 15 to 25, isn't that kind of his demographic group? And the scarring uh, on them, both physically and emotionally and their families, I mean, I think he needs to be punished. I think he's going to, he'll be released before he passes away. We kind of joked about not Mr. Kelly, but what the prison systems do. If you're in prison on a lengthy sentence and you're diagnosed with a very expensive fatal illness, they will put you in a wheelchair and roll you to the front of the prison gate and have your family come pick you up because if you have to go into the hospital, then the state prison system has to pick up the bill. And it would much rather just pass you off to your family and Medicaid or Medicare or whatever you got. So I think that's what's going to happen. So, Bruce, you got uh, 20 years, you say. Uh, got 20, I say 20 plus over, a little over, extra. Yeah. Yeah. Say, Ray's got the over. Yeah, yeah I got the over, right. <laughs> right. But there I don't think go. it'll be under. I don't, yeah. And, yeah. and keep in mind, his defense counsel is suggesting to the court 10 years. So, so we have got a bottom and a top, yeah. And so, but judges don't just split the difference. It's it's more complicated than that. Most people think, oh well, the the DA asked for twenty and the defense asked for zero, and it'll be ten. Ah, it don't work that way. Well, to mm. your point about you know how difficult it is in one day in in prison uh, being a long time. Um, and, and doing Tug's job here, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was sentenced this week uh, for her role in uh, the sex trafficking charges related to Jeffrey Epstein, who uh, took the easy way out by committing suicide. Um, but she got sentenced to 20 years, and she's a 60-year-old person. And I, and I read that. I'm, I'm much younger than Ray because I'm only 61. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I heard that today, and I just thought, man, you know, I'm really looking forward to enjoying life in my 60s uh, and enjoying the freedom that it gives me in life in my 60s. Um, and th- she's not going to have any of that no, as a result not. of the sins and the crimes she's committed. Um, now, you talk about the things that um, the convicted uh, say when they're speaking to the court at sentencing. They say, I'm sorry. Uh, they made, She didn't have any emotion. She had none of that. Nothing. Uh, and and, and her, her statement was, she's sorry she ever met Jeffrey Epstein. Right. That, that was basically it. And, and to the end has said that, you know, you got the wrong person here because the real criminal is dead. And you and I'm being punished for Jeffrey Epstein's sins. You yeah. know, think about also the change in the lifestyles of these two individuals pre-trial and after trial. These were people who live, you know, they didn't need a top coat, I like to say, because they left a heated limousine. Somebody walked them with an umbrella over their head into a beautiful five-star hotel or a restaurant. They sat in the best seats. They ate the best foods. Everybody comped them. They flew private jets around the world. And now they're in a 14 by 18 with Mm. a roommate and a stainless steel commode that comes out of the wall. 
And if you're lucky and you get trustee status, you get an hour in the sunshine a day. Just like Bernie Madoff, right? That's right. It's a great fall. So uh, prior to going on the air, Ray uh, and I were discussing the greatest songwriter of all time, (laughs) Bob Dylan. Thank you. Um, And he has a line in one of his songs, when you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose. That's right. Uh, These folks had something. And so when when that's taken away from them, yes, the punishment that they experience is that much greater. When we come back on Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice, one of Deshaun Watson's alleged victims is suing the Houston Texans for enabling his sexual misconduct against women while he was on the team. And her attorney expects many more lawsuits like it. We'll get the take of Bruce and Ray next here on Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This is Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. Last week, we talked about Deshaun Watson and the accusations against him. One of his accusers has also sued the Houston Texans, and her lawyer says expect more of these. Bruce, do you agree? The 24 cases that were filed and the 20 that recently settled, everybody's represented by the same lawyer, Tony Busby, and so you assume that there's a playbook there for how this is going to proceed. To bring a case against an employer to say that the employer has liability for the actions of an employee is not the easiest thing to do. And the circumstances where it comes up are pretty restricted. They're going to vary by state to state. The concept is what we call respondeat superior because we like to throw Latin terms around so that we can justify the money we spent for three years going to law school. <laughs> and so we, th- we sprinkle a little Latin here you know, and here and there just to sound official. But yeah, so respondeat superior is the concept that the employer is liable for the negligence of their employee. So somebody who is driving a truck for, you know, pick a, an employer, Walmart, that they 
pay the driver as their employee, not an independent contractor, but an employee that if that driver runs a red light and plows into somebody and causes injury, that Walmart is responsible for the actions of their employee slash I think it's also called agency law. That is your agent. They're operating on your behalf with your authority, your supervision, your directions, your equipment, or some combination thereof. And the independent contractor thing becomes different, which is a lot of the reason why you see that set up sometimes. For example, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, they're all considered independent contractors. They're not employees. This way, Uber and Lyft can say that they don't work for us. We don't control them. Um, and so we're not responsible for the harm that they cause. We may provide an insurance policy to our drivers, but beyond that insurance policy, you can't hold us accountable. And so one of the more difficult things in Deshaun's, Deshaun Watson's case is that in order to hold the employer liable, what, what the employee did has to be something that kind of comes up in the ordinary course and scope of their employment. And you can say that, hey, you know, maintaining your body through massage is something that is part of your responsibility to your team as an employee. And that maybe that's the argument. That's going to be a tough one. If this were the team masseuse, let's say, who Deshaun is accused of being inappropriate with, maybe the employer is on the hook for that. But then you get other issues coming up, such as you might be barred by workers' compensation uh, actions between workplace, employees. If you argue is a workplace accident, then you'd cover by workers' yeah. comp. This is why when people call us and say, I've, I've got a slam dunk case. I had somebody right. give, me one, give me that yesterday. Yeah. I've got a slam dunk of a case, and I just have to roll my yeah. eyes and say, there just is no such thing as a slam dunk. Well, I think, I think what they're trying to do, some of these claimants against the Houston Texans, the employer, is to show that there was some, let's just say, look the other way or even help facilitate Deshaun Watson's uh, connections to these young ladies. Even providing with him him with a non-disclosure agreement, uh, right. one of the claimants, her, she's a massage therapist named uh, Toy Garner. So if somebody in the administration of the Texans said, hey, our lawyer's going to draft you this document, when you do this with one of these young ladies, have her sign that, well, all of a sudden... There's what we always call foreseeability, right? You know, did the did is it reasonable that the Texans had some foreseeability that he may be doing something wrong? I mean, why else do you need a non-disclosure agreement for a therapeutic massage? Okay, normally you wouldn't. So there's a there's a fire there. Let's see where where it leads to. So I will say there's going. I think these claims are at least going to be pursued. Will there be some check writing down the road? Sure. Houston, look, they took, they paid him for a year not to play, uh, right? They've already That's got right. some costs yeah. involved in mm-hmm. this, and if it costs another few hundred grand or maybe a million or two million to make this go away, with with a, we don't accept responsibility, this is the cost of getting rid of him. You could see that kind of a press release that you know, good luck, Cleveland. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, so here's how this sort of thing goes in the legal system, right? Our show is your day in court. Um, somebody files a lawsuit and makes a claim such as this one that uh, Houston Texans, you are negligent uh, for whatever reason and owe money to our clients, right? So now there's an opportunity for what's called discovery. There'll be written questions that are exchanged back and forth. There'll be the exchange of documents. There'll be depositions. All of that lays out the facts, right? As far as who knew what, what information exists, uh, and, and, and you can kind of draw a circle around that body of factual basis to see if there's something there. Then 
in a situation like this, you can expect that the Texans, as a defendant, will file something called a motion for summary judgment. And the way that works is you're going to the judge to say, Judge, this case should not go to a jury because we now know what all the facts are. These facts have been developed in discovery. Here are the deposition transcripts. Here are the documents that were produced. Here are the answers to the written interrogatories, written discovery, requests to admit things or deny things, right? We know what the facts are. And based on these facts, even looking at them in the light most favorable to the claimants, there's no theory of law under which they can recover because the law says X, Y, Z, and therefore they should not recover. The lawyers for the claimant argue, judge, that's just wrong. Yes, these are the facts. But if you interpret these facts in our favor, if, if a jury, which is the fact finder, decides any of these facts in our favor, there is a theory of law under which we can recover. And so a judge has to look at that and decide as a matter of law, will the judge throw this case out because there is no, the facts don't support a recovery under the law, or to say, you know, there is a fact here that if it's proven in the plaintiff's favor would support a recovery, and in that case, the case will go forward to go to a jury because the jury is the one who has to decide those disputed facts. And, and what Bruce brings up is where you really need to have a lawyer who knows the local judges. So let's say we were to file a personal injury case in the state court of Fulton County. I believe there are eight or ten state court judges in Fulton County. Uh one or two have sort of backgrounds maybe similar to Bruce's and I, whether they were in private practice and represented regular folks in front of judges and juries. They're probably a little bit more oriented to, I'm going to deny summary judgment to you, corporate defendant, and allow the jury to hear this case, and the jury will rule on the facts. There's one or two that may have an insurance defense or a more corporate counsel background. And look, nothing wrong with any of that. This is not a criticism. But they maybe lean a little bit more towards granting a summary judgment because so the facts seem clear. Why do we need to bring in a jury? So, again, your counsel, when you select your lawyer, you may want to ask him or her, how much do you know about the local judges? What is our venue? Where are we filing? Are we filing in a state court, the superior court? Are we filing in a county where the corporation has its registered agent of service, which may be one county, or a county where it does business in, and we could file in that county too, or where the truck driver lives? So these are really critical, finely honed questions that, that sound like they're in the weeds, but it's what can win or lose the outcome of a case. Yeah, and a lot of times people will just want to know, what's this case worth? Right. You know, they ask that question <laughs> right. yeah. in, in the That's a question you get a lot. All the time, right? What's, what's this well, case worth? Don't you worth? feed that into your artificial intelligence? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please, don't even start with that. Somehow I knew that would get you. The artificial intelligence, yeah. Does your firm have artificial intelligence? Is this like, right. What does that even I mean? if I have any intelligence. Right. What do you mean artificial? But, but, you know, people say, what is this case worth? And it's like, you got to be kidding me i, I don't I say that but but in you know, head, there bit. are so many factors and raising an example yeah. where even just things like well in what county is in the this same within the file? same courthouse and and who's the judge that's going to be assigned right. to it and, right. and, and and you know so so uh i've gotten to the point now people say what is my case worth it's like well do you want the uh answer that you want to hear or do you want the real answer you know <laughs> right, right. the answer what do you want to hear it's a million dollar case of course yeah. it is any every day of the week do you want the real answer it's, it's long and boring and you're not going to like it um but i don't know <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's and, right. And, and especially with injuries, you know, people will call me before they've even gone to the doctor sometimes, right? Or they went to the emergency room and I'm talking to them the next morning after their crash. Like, well, um, I went to the emergency room. My shoulder is really sore. I couldn't sleep last night. And they told me to follow up with an orthopedist. What's my case worth? Yeah. So I say, well, do you want the answer that's good for you or good yeah. for me? Yeah, right. G good for you is 
you go to the doctor, the orthopedist, he says there's nothing torn, there's nothing broken, do physical therapy for a couple of weeks and you'll be fine. And after a couple of weeks, you have no pain, your range of motion is back and, and you know, you're doing, you're, good to go. you're doing everything we're doing before. That's the best thing for you. That's the worst thing for me. Right. So you want to know the best thing for me? You go to that doctor. Uh, he puts you through six weeks of physical therapy. You get no better. He, you do an MRI. you got a torn rotator cuff. You need surgery. The surgery doesn't work very well. You're left with 70% of the range of motion that you had before, constant pain, and you're going to have another surgery in 10 years. That's the worst thing for you. It's the best thing for the value of your case, which yeah. is the best thing for me, right? So so which answer yeah. do you want when you're the one that's hurt? Well, another thing clients, you know, when I say don't understand I don't mean this intellectual issue, but but Bruce and I are friends. We, we pick up the phone and call each other every once in a while about a legal matter or about, hey, I've got a case in front of Judge XYZ. Are you familiar with her? Or did you, your son just tried a jury trial in Fulton County? I might pick your brains about how that went. Uh, we talk out here making our coffee before we start the show. So there's there's a pool of information. Again, I always say, you know, experience counts. Experience not only counts in experiences, but whose experiences can I access, okay? So I've had a, I had a torn rotator cuff case that I re- represented a client on a few weeks ago. I picked Bruce's brains about it. He was within 2% of the settlement value in Experience. his prediction because he's, he's flown that plane before, before many times. And, and on behalf of my client, I reached out to get more information, more of a database. There's also some, is it called Case Finder? I mean, there's a publication that some of yeah, us case, subscribe case to. Case is Metrics they, Yeah, they do surveys uh, from both uh, plaintiffs and defendants uh, to get jury verdicts, settlement numbers. They get a lot of details about the, the case, such as you know every last bit of the information about the injury, the amount of the medical bills, the venue that was in, who was the insurance company, what were the liability facts. You know, they, 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 they really do a pretty thorough job. And then they have a database that you know we subscribe to. And, and it gives you some information. It gives you a benchmark. There's, like everything else, statistically- That was an outlier. You could use it any way you want. Right. And there are gonna be outlier verdicts on both sides and out, outlier settlements on both sides because not every lawyer uh, we're not interchangeable, okay? You know, if pe- people like to say, all right, I have one, I have another, they're all the same. We're really not. And and not, and not every plaintiff is not the same. Some people have the same injury, and one person can very credibly tell the story about how this affected their life, and the other person just seems to be lying through their teeth and might be, and so they get treated very differently by juries because juries tend to be smart, and they see through the nonsense. Well, some of it also is, you know, if I get an injury, if I'm injured and I've got a scar somewhere on my face, okay, I'm an ugly middle-aged guy anyway. And what I'm going to do is turn it into this great story about a fight I had with a bunch of pirates, okay? <laughs> now, if you yeah. take a 23-year-old young lady yeah. who is, you know, beginning her, her professional career and she's got a, now a scar from an auto accident case, that has a tremendous value. And it's a tremendously sympathetic case in front of a judge or a jury where a jury might say, Judy, that scar makes you look good, man. You should pay the guy who they gave you the scar for it, okay? The other thing, and just briefly, on the other side of, of Bruce and I and, and fellow lawyers picking our, each other's brains, the insurance companies have a system. They do use artificial intelligence of pooling this information. So there's 158 counties or something like that in the state of Georgia. There's jury trials and auto accidents and other injury cases go on every day. Geico, Progressive, Allstate, State Farm, you know, if I'm missing any of the big guys, Liberty Mutual, Travelers, they're pooling these verdicts. So when an adjuster or an insurance company makes you a settlement offer, 
you might think they're just pulling it out of thin air. They're really not. They're pulling it out of sort of a medium or a compilation of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jury verdicts and settlements that are that are publicized to give you sort of a middle of the road. Is that yeah, right? We can talk a little bit more about that, I think, uh, as a future topic, because to some extent, um, and I'll go into a lot more detail on this if you ever right. want to, um, the computer system that's used to put value on personal injury claims is completely corrupt. And, and you know, just think about it from the most basic standpoint, garbage in, garbage out. Sure. And, and so the way it's manipulated and, and justified as well, you know, we put all this information into our program and this is the value range we have to, to offer you. Um, is it's just corrupt, uh, and they do this. It's really bad as well with property damage claims. You know, in total loss valuations, they'll say, "Well, here's thirty comparables," uh, and they'll say, "Yeah, this these just aren't comparable." You know, and and so the the fifteen hundred dollars that insurance companies save on a property damage claim by offering you just almost what your car is worth, but not quite what it's worth, um, not enough that it's worth fighting over, not enough that any lawyer will take it, you know, that $1,500 savings to the insurance company by underpaying you on that, multiplied by the thousands and thousands of claims that they resolve every single year, it, it just takes what would already be healthy profits based on actuarial tables and underwriting standards and how you determine premiums and converts it into just insane profits um, because it's immoral and it's corrupt. Yeah, some some insurance company's driver causes a wreck to your $80,000 Lexus. They give you a $25 Kia <laughs> while your Lexus is being repaired. And then they, they tell you in the morning you need to come turn it in today or, <laughs> or they're going to come take it from you. I, I can't begin to tell you in my uh, 38 years of practice how many clients have come to me that really didn't want to pursue a claim. They're good people. They don't want to get caught up in it. They just want what's fair. But the only reason they've called me or come to my office is because instead of $2,800 to fix their car properly, the insurance company wants to pay $2,600 to use, you know, substandard parts. And instead of giving them a a comparable replacement vehicle, like a pickup truck, if my pickup truck was wrecked and I use it for work, they give them a, you know, a little, little go-kart and that, you know, they say they're so short-sighted, the insurance companies, about taking care of people. And I don't care what symbols they use and whether they've got the Statue of Liberty in their commercial or a, a red umbrella or two hands cupping, you know, the house. Or the biggest stars in sports. All exactly <laughs> right. Uh, you know, they just, they're in the job of paying money to their shareholders. I'm a shareholder of a lot of corporations as well, and I like it, but it's not their job to be fair. Yeah. Right. And I, I have maintained this for years. And, and if any uh, high level executives of insurance companies are You're listening to here. this conversation, um, I have felt for years that if um, insurance companies would treat people fairly on their property damage claims right off the bat for six months, you would put 90 percent of the TV and billboard lawyers out of business because people would just understand that they're being treated fairly up front. And OK, I'll probably be treated fairly on the back end when I'm done with my injury claim. And so I'll trust the insurance company to take care of me that way, too. Um, Which, by the way, trusting an insurance company, I can't think of a stupider uh, policy (laughs) to have. Uh, If you do that, you know, good luck to you. But that is the biggest mistake you can make if you've been in Iraq or have any claim is just to assume that that insurance company has your best interest at heart. And and part of that also is that we uh, we have had very lax uh, I hate to use the word governmental, but governmental supervision in the state of Georgia 
the insurance commissioner for many decades, whichever one has been in power, uh, it's almost toothless. Um, once in a blue moon, you'll you'll hear about a penalty or a, a refund of some negligible amount for something that's been going on for years and years and years. And the companies just roll ahead because that's just the cost of doing business. They'll just stroke a check, run a few more ads to get over the bad PR or go, you know, go dark for a month on TV while the while the news story is rolling. And uh, we just do not have don't think that there's a backup plan. If you're treated badly by an insurance company, your backup plan is to come see a guy like Bruce Hagen or maybe Judice or Judice and Hagen, some combination there of good lawyers. That's your backup plan. Right. When people complain to me about unfair claims practices, it's like I say to them, let me ask you a question. How much money did you donate to the insurance commissioner's campaign when they had his last election? And you named that person. That's right. Because the answer is zero. Who Who would... In the, who in their right mind would donate money to an insurance commissioner's race? I have, of course. But anyway, <laughs> right. how much, How much? you know, client, how much did you donate to the insurance commissioner? You didn't donate a thing. And yet the insurance company had money to print up signs and run commercials and uh, publicize their campaign. Where do you think that money came from? How many, uh, when, when they go around the corporate offices of major insurance company with their hat out, every single C-suite executive is writing checks as they come by with the insurance company candidate, and all the insurance company uh, major uh, highly compensated types, they all give money to the insurance commissioner. And so the insurance commissioner works for them, essentially, even though it's supposed to work for the people of the state of Georgia. It's just, you know, that that's the system we have. So it's there's a, opportunities to correct that. There are some folks out there. And yes, like Ray says, occasionally the conduct is so bad, so egregious, or has been going on for so long that an insurance commissioner will step in and punish a, a bad actor. But it's really, really rare. But we, we shouldn't lump all of the insurance companies together. Uh, there are variations. That's why I always suggest when you buy any of your insurances, number one, shop. But number two, go to an established insurance agent or broker that represents a number of companies that can lay out numerous options for you of cost and coverages. And you can do your homework. You know, there's a lot. You can get that Google thing going. There are companies that maybe have a little bit, Bruce, you know, I know this is grudging for you. I understand. But there are some companies, there's sort of the old Sears catalog, you know, mm-hmm. which was good, better, best. <laughs> this might be bad, okay, Midland fair. Yeah, right. But but get to, at least to get the fair to Midland rather than sure. worse, oh, well, you know? I, look, I have to have insurance yes, myself, you do. know? So, I mean, there's there are insurance companies out there that are better than others, right. generally speaking. And, and, again, you can't generalize, but generally speaking, if you're familiar with their kitschy, uh, catchy yeah, advertising they're, campaign, they're great marketing. then skip them yeah. uh, and, and look for somebody else. Be, yeah. Because the ones that are committing money to advertising dollars are not the ones that are committing well, they're volume claims. They're just, it's all volume. And, and I'll give you uh, an example. When I was a younger lawyer and a, a new parent, um, I had uninsured motorist coverage on my uh, auto insurance policy. I had gone up to the local um, brokerage for one very big, famous insurance company, uh, and I got insurance that had uninsured motorist coverage. Then I you know, had my own practice going and um, started handling uninsured motorist claims on behalf of clients, including two against the same company and and you know i had that moment where the light bulb just went up <laughs> over my head like uh, like like uncle fester uh you know, the, the, light bulb, the light bulb literally uh, went up on my head it seemed and, and i'm thinking like hang on a second these two clients have uninsured motorist coverage with the same company i have I can't even get this company to respond to a letter laying out why they should be paying them something reasonable for their injuries. They won't even respond to it. I have to sue 
uh, you know, their own insurance company just to try to get their attention and, and get my clients something fair for their injuries. Why do I want that insurance company for yeah. myself? You know, and yeah. I had this sort of moment of uh, clarity where it's like, I don't want that insurance company for myself. I need to go out and do better. And, and that's when I really started paying attention and looking around. So is there a place that you'd recommend for somebody to go and just try to find an insurance company that's not spending $100 million in marketing? Is there a is there a clearinghouse? Is there a website that, that y'all know of that might be a good, even not, not recommending any particular company, but just here's a bunch of places and a bunch of different companies that you might look at? I don't know of anything that really does it that way. What okay. I would say is this. When you do compare one insurance company to another, don't just look at how much money am I saving here and who has the lowest cost insurance. Because there are some, ones, some insurance companies that will offer you very, a, a very low premium that seems attractive to you. It's like, hey, I could pay $300 less per year. Why wouldn't I take that one? Well, Insurance is there if you need it, and if you ever need it, you're going to get a lot less than the $300 you're saving. Chug, what I would say is one of two things. Number one, try to find a brokerage that has eight or ten different mm -hmm. companies that they deal with. That way they can lay out the options for you and give you some guidance. Otherwise, call Bruce or me. Yeah. We've, we've said right. this many times. We'll either look at your current policy, give you our thoughts, uh, or we'll tell you, you know, we'll give you some of the better companies that, in other words, that we deal with that are at least... You know, they may call you back and say, here's the reasons why we don't want to pay on this claim. Okay, now we have, we've joined issue essentially, which means now we have a legitimate dispute. But you at least deserve a callback. You at least deserve a rationale. You at least deserve some response so you could advise your client or govern yourself accordingly, as we say. When we come back, what are the most important things to look at when you're taking out an insurance policy? What are the things that you need to have? We'll get to Bruce and Ray's opinion on how you protect your assets next on Your Day in Court on Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063.
If you ever find yourself in legal hot water, I'll give you a way to get the best representation that you could possibly get in the city of Atlanta with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice <laughs> at the end of the show. At the end of the show. But uh, before we get there, when you're because we were talking about insurance in the last segment, how do you know you're getting the right insurance? How do you know that you're getting the right policy? What are the things that you need to look for when you want to cover your assets? Well, Ray, why don't you go first on this one? Sure, sure. And, and let's break it up maybe into three or four different types of insurance. I mean, we always talk about auto insurance, uh, so let's start with that. So here I am. I've got a business. I've got a couple houses. I've got some other stuff, assets. After 38 years of practicing, you hope you have a little something. What am I trying to accomplish? Well, when I buy auto insurance, there's two different goals. One is, God forbid, I make a mistake. I, I harm somebody through an accident or have an accident hurt a passenger. I want them to be compensated. I want them to receive whatever medical care they need and what's fair. So that's issue number one. Of course, I want to have enough insurance to get that little sticker for the license plate and be legal from the state of Georgia. But what I also want to do selfishly is to protect my assets, okay, so that uh, I don't become what we call in the industry self-insured, meaning, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm still on the hook, and now Mm -hmm. I've got to liquidate assets or sell something or take out a loan to pay off a judgment, hopefully not, or a settlement, or just the bad feeling of, you know what, I left that person that maybe was my fault in the lurch. So get good coverage. Uh, That $25,000, $50,000 policy that you can get to get that little sticker for your car in the big city is not enough. An emergency room ambulance is $1,500 or $1,800 bill. A day in the ER is seven or eight thousand. An MRI is thirty five hundred dollars. PT physical therapy is a buck seventy five a session. So you can rear end somebody at a traffic light at fifteen miles an hour and easily run into ten to fifteen, twenty thousand dollars of damages. If I run into Bruce's, you know, Tesla or some fancy car, you could cause thirty or forty thousand dollars in damages easily because of all the electronics and the computers. Get lots of insurance. I would suggest for most folks to at least get what we call a 100-300 policy. What does that mean? It's $100,000 of coverage for an individual that you may have caused an injury to, $300,000 cumulatively for all of the folks in that car. Once you get a 100-300 and you're a homeowner, you can generally get what's called an umbrella coverage. And linearly, that is some of the cheapest insurance that can be found. It's not the same cost. So what it costs you to get that first $100,000, the next million doesn't cost you 10 times that. It costs maybe one-tenth of it. And now you've got coverage. God forbid something happens. You know, whoever bought a home in Metro Atlanta in the last 15 years has seen their real estate value double two and a half times. Make sure you have enough auto coverage. God forbid you cause an injury to somebody that they're not coming. Their lawyers aren't coming to take your house. No. Well, that's right, and that's that's all great advice. Um, you mentioning the increased value in real estate. Um, I've seen this where folks have owned their homes for a long period of time, and they insured the home when they bought it, and never looked at their insurance policy again. And so, bought a house for one hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Twenty years later, that house is worth five hundred thousand. Something happens, fire or some other calamity, and the insurance company says, "We're going to fulfill our obligation to you. Here's your check for one hundred fifty thousand, which was the value of the insurance policy that you got." And so, as real estate prices have gone up 
check your policy and make sure that you are insuring your house for what really is the true value. Um, Ray makes a great point about protecting your assets and just focus on the first three letters of that word mm -hmm. um, because that's what you're trying to cover here. Right? And going back again to the uh, legendary poet Bob Dylan, um, if you don't have any, if you don't have any assets, what do you really need to insure here, right? What is your risk? If you don't have a job, if you don't have money in the bank, if you don't have a house, if you don't have anything except that car that you're driving, well, you have to have at least the minimum limits of insurance. That's $25,000. But beyond that, you know, what are you worried about if you're causing problems? And so there, and unfortunately, and I'm not suggesting this to anybody who's listening here, but unfortunately, the mindset of so many people is, let me get the least amount of coverage I possibly can can buy here to keep my car legal, $25,000 being it. Um, and I don't care what happens beyond that, because if anybody tries to collect money from me, good luck. I have nothing, right? And so what can you do to protect yourself and your family? And this gets into what is I think the most important thing you can have on your insurance policy is what's called uninsured motorist coverage, which is also underinsured motorist coverage. And, and we just abbreviate it, UM, uninsured motorist. Uninsured motorist coverage will step into the shoes of the person who caused your crash so that if somebody hits you and they have no insurance or it's a hit and run driver or they just don't have enough insurance, your own ins uh, insurance company will step into the shoes there and be responsible to pay you up to the amount of coverage that you purchase. And you can purchase as much uninsured motorist coverage as you have for liability. So if you have 100000 like Ray's saying, should be the bottom number that you get, if you have 100000 of liability, you can get 100000 of uninsured motorists. And that UM coverage costs peanuts. Pennies, yes. Pennies it's nothing. on and, the dollar. And you can get it under that umbrella policy as well, which also costs very little. So when you get the umbrella policy for a million dollars because you don't want to lose your house, you don't want to give up everything you've saved over the course of however long you've, you've worked for it, and you have the umbrella policy to protect your assets, um, you also should get uninsured motorist coverage under that policy. And you should get it, what's called add-on. There's two different types of UM, UM meaning both uninsured and underinsured, U slash M. Yeah. yeah. Get the add-on. What does that mean? If I have $100,000 of UM coverage and I'm hit by a driver with only a $25,000 policy and I've got a herniated disc that needs a fusion, I'm going to get that $25,000 from the liability coverage, the guy that hit me, and my 100000 in UM will be added on for a total of 125 If you don't get add-on, you get the twenty-five, and your UM takes a $25,000 deduction, so now you're down to seventy-five. I'm throwing a lot of numbers, but the difference is you, the, the UM stacks on top of the liability coverage. Let me just so say one Martin. thing here real quickly. I know we're yeah. getting near the end here, but no, just for those of you who think it's not fair that your own insurance should have to pay when it's somebody else's fault— if your insurance company does pay something using uninsured motorist coverage and they pay that to you, they have the right and they will go after mm -hmm. the underinsured motorist that caused this crash in the first place to collect back the money that they paid to you. And they will track them down and they will get the money from this underinsured driver. So it doesn't become your problem to do and it. And it doesn't They'll change do it. your rates. I've yeah. had so many uh, clients, oh, I don't want to notify yeah. my UM. Notification is critical, by the way. You want to notify your UM carrier within a timely basis, meaning several days after the accident. But it will not change your rates. You will not get canceled, in my opinion. 
opinion. I've never seen it happen on a UM claim. There you go. If you need expert legal advice, quickly, Bruce, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, look, this stuff gets complicated. So when you get in a crash, just call me or Ray. You can get me 404 202 2233 is my cell number. You can email me, Bruce at Hagen law.com. Here's, here's a great slogan. It doesn't cost you anything to call me, but it might cost you everything if you don't. Man, Man I seems like, like that. you've been sitting on that I a while. Use that. <laughs> Can you get that on a billboard? <laughs> That's right, right. Yeah, call me 404-964-4185. As you know, I specialize in criminal defense, a lot of DUI work, but I recently had a DUI client that struck one of those power transformers, okay? Uh And we did a good job on his DUI case, but he just got a really nasty letter from a big law firm that wants a whole lot of money for Georgia Power to replace that that transformer box, and he doesn't want to turn it over to his insurance company. I love him. I say, well, you got a couple of choices. (laughs) You can turn it over to your insurance company, or you can negotiate something. I'm sure it'll take, you know, X amount of dollars on the pennies on the dollar or whatever, but have good coverages. If you don't know what kind of coverage you have, call me, call Bruce. Yeah, everybody knows a lawyer. Sit down with a lawyer. That is the way to go. Thank you for listening this weekend to Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice here on Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.